Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and you've reached the Book of Mormon Lecture Series. I've been teaching seminary and institute for the last 11 years, and uh, this is an attempt to do a deep dive into the Book of Mormon itself. I'm hoping that you'll find this uplifting and edifying. This is not an official recording of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but every attempt has been made to be as doctrinally accurate as possible. So if you're ready for a deep dive into the Book of Mormon, here we go. Hi, and welcome back to the Book of Mormon podcast. This is Brad Constantine, and this discussion is going to be on 2 Nephi chapter 30. So let's dig into it. And now, verse 1, And now, my beloved brethren, I would speak unto you, for I, Nephi, would not suffer that ye should suppose that ye are more righteous than the Gentiles shall be. For behold, except ye shall keep the commandments of God, ye shall all likewise perish. And because of the words which have been spoken, ye need not suppose that the Gentiles are utterly destroyed. For behold, I say unto you that as many of the Gentiles as will repent are the covenant people of the Lord. So meaning that everybody that joins the church is going to be part of the covenant people. It will be as if they were born in the covenant people. And as many of the Jews as will not repent shall be cast off. This refers to all Israel, not just Jews. For the Lord covenanteth with none, save it be with them that repent and believe in his Son, who is the Holy One of Israel. And now I would prophesy somewhat more concerning the Jews and the Gentiles. For after the book of which I have spoken, meaning the Book of Mormon, shall come forth and be written unto the Gentiles, the Book of Mormon will be, the, will be written in a Gentile nation, America. They will be given the first opportunity to be taught the gospel. If they reject it, the gospel will be taken from them and given to the Jews. And sealed up again unto the Lord, there shall be many which shall believe the words which are written, and they shall carry them forth unto the remnant of our seed. As the resurrection was the tangible evidence that Jesus was the Christ for those living in the meridian of time, so the Book of Mormon is the tangible evidence of the truthfulness of the restored gospel in this dispensation. That's from Millet McConkie. Verse 4, And then shall the remnant of our seed, the descendants of Lehi, know concerning us how that we came out from Jerusalem, and that they are descendants of the Jews. They were citizens of Judah, not of the tribe. They were of the tribe of Joseph through Manasseh and Ephraim. And the gospel of Jesus Christ shall be declared among them, wherefore they shall be restored unto the knowledge of their fathers, and also to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, which was had among their fathers. In its overall structure, the Book of Mormon begins and ends with concern for the Lamanites receiving the gospel. Reiterating the main points from the title page, Nephi says that through the Book of Mormon, the Lamanites shall know they are of Israel, and through it they shall be restored unto the knowledge of their fathers, and also to the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Then up, then toward the end, Mormon says much the same thing. Know ye that ye are of the house of Israel. Know ye that ye must come to the knowledge of your fathers and repent of all your sins and iniquities and believe in Jesus Christ. At the physical center of the book is the narrative of the conversion of the Lamanites. This, this central part begins with the decree of the king of the Lamanites that Ammon and his brethren should be free to preach the word of God throughout all the land and ends with gratitude by these great missionaries for the thousands of Lamanite souls brought to behold the marvelous light of God. The narrative high point of the book is the ministry of the resurrected Savior. While discoursing to both the Lamanites and Nephites before him, Jesus as well speaks to their descendants, saying that the Book of Mormon shall come forth of the Father from the Gentiles unto you. He confirms the prophecies of Isaiah that in the last days the children of Lehi will be gathered both physically and spiritually. Then is the fulfilling, he says, of his remnant, which the, of his covenant, which the Father hath made unto his people, O house of Israel. 
We see the Father fulfilling this covenant as the missionaries have, su have success preaching the gospel among the descendants of the Nephites and Lamanites in Central and South America. The Book of Mormon is the history of their ancestors, and it rings true to them. Nevertheless, these missionaries' successes have come relatively recently, as, the, as we know from, uh, from accounts that we've, that we've received uh, through the gospel. Uh, verse 6, And then shall they rejoice, for they shall know that it is a blessing unto them from the hand of God, and their scales of darkness shall begin to fall from their eyes, and many generations shall not pass away among them, save they shall be a pure and a delightsome people. In earlier editions of the Book of Mormon, this phrase read, White and, and a delightsome people. The manuscript that the prophet prepared for the 1840 edition was changed to pure rather than white. In the theological sense, the difference is slight, white being the symbol of purity. Hugh Nibley said, white means delightsome, if, if you consider the various meanings of white. Next, he says that the Jews shall become a delightsome people. Were the Jews black, this is using, using white and delightsome in the broadest sense as against the dark and uncivilized. Verse 7, and it shall come to pass that the Jews which are scattered also shall begin to believe in Christ. There are about two and a half million Jews in Jerusalem today. There's probably more than that now, but they but they do not believe that Jesus is the Christ. Through the Book of Mormon, many Jews will begin to believe in Christ and be gathered into the gospel of Christ. Jews are beginning to soften toward Jesus. <clears throat> and they shall begin to gather in upon the face of the land, and as many as shall believe in Christ shall also become a delightsome people. And it shall come to pass that the Lord God shall commence his work among all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people to bring about the restoration of his people upon the earth. Because of the Lord's promise that when the ten tribes return, their prophets will lead them, some have supposed that they were not a part of the apostasy. If both the apostasy and the restoration are to be universal, as so many of our prophets have testified, then this could hardly be the case. The prophets who lead the lost tribes in their return, the priesthood leaders among them, will be called and ordained by that prophet holding the keys of the gathering of Israel and the leading of the ten tribes from the lands of the north. The Lord's house has ever been and ever will be a house of order. President Benson said, My beloved brethren and sisters, for some years now I have been deeply concerned that we are not using the Book of Mormon as God intends. As I participated in the Mexico City Temple dedication, I received the distinct impression that God is not pleased with our neglect of the Book of Mormon. The Book of Mormon is for both member and non-member. Combined with the Spirit of the Lord, the Book of Mormon is the greatest single tool which God has given us to convert the world. If we are to have the harvest of souls that President Kimball envisions, then we must use the instrument which God has designed for that task, the Book of Mormon. Verse 9, And with righteousness shall the Lord God judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. For the time speedily cometh that the Lord God shall cause a great division among the people, and the wicked will he destroy, and he will spare his people, yea, even if it so be that he must destroy the wicked by fire, which would be at the second coming. This sounds a lot like the wheat and the tares being separated. And righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. And these are verses from Isaiah uh, chapter 11, verses 5 to 9. And then shall the wolf dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the kid, and the calf and the lion, young lion and the fatling together, and a little child shall lead them. So uh, let's see here, talking about the animals, W.W. Phelps said, when these days come, everything will be in its place. The beasts of the field and the fowls in the air, instead of feeding upon flesh, 
will feed upon the herb and the grain as was given them in the beginning. Then man will not shed the blood of his fellow man, nor beast the blood of its fellow beast, nor fowl the blood of its fellow fowl, but the Spirit of the Lord will be poured out upon all flesh. The curse be taken from off the earth when it will become an inheritance for the poor and the meek, when there will be peace thereon and goodwill towards men. Orson F. Whitney said, Prophets have predicted and poets have sung all down the ages of a time to come when the earth would rest, when man would cease his inhumanity to man, when they would beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks, when nation would not rise against nation, neither would they learn war anymore, <clears throat> when the animal kingdom would subsist solely upon the veg vegetable kingdom, when the lion would eat straw like the ox, the, the lion and the lamb lie down together and a little child lead them, when peace would spread her, wing, her white wings over this planet and grim-visaged war, smoothing his wrinkled front, should sit at her feet and learn wisdom for a thousand years. Joseph Smith said, in pitching my tent, no, I'm not going to read that. That's about the snake that, uh, I think we read that one before. We'll pass on that one. Skip it, ignore it. I didn't say it. Hugh Nibley said, in paradise, as everybody knows, all creatures live together in peace. So too in Zion, when it is restored to the earth, the lion shall lie down with the lamb. God's other creatures are an important part of the picture of heaven. A marvelous statement by Joseph Smith on this subject, given, a, in a, given us a flash of insight into an amazing future. John learned that God glorified himself by saving all that his hands had made, whether beasts, fowls, fishes, or men, and he will glorify himself with them. Brigham Young said the millennium consists in this, every heart in the church and kingdom of God being united in one. All things else will be as they are now. We shall eat, drink, and wear clothing. Let the people be holy and filled with the spirit of, of God and every animal and creeping thing will be filled with peace the soil of the earth will bring forth in its strength and the fruits thereof will be meat for man Joseph Smith said in, in uh, discussing the revelation of John in, in the book of Revelation where he saw beasts that uh, Joseph said that there were ten thousands of more beasts than we have on this earth that he saw in heaven Verse 13, And the cow and the bear shall feed, their young ones shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. And the sucking child shall play on the hold of the asp, and the weaned child shall put his hand upon the cockatrice's den. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Uh, this is again a, a section that we've read before from Isaiah. Um, Joseph Fielding Smith said, The gospel will be taught far more intensely and with greater power during the millennium until all the inhabitants of the earth shall embrace it. Satan shall be bound so that he cannot tempt any man. Should any man refuse to repent and accept the gospel under those conditions, then he would be accursed. Through the revelations given to the prophets, we learn that during the reign of Jesus Christ for a thousand years, eventually all people will embrace the truth. And so everybody's going to join the church eventually or, or be swept off, it says. Verse 16, Wherefore the things of all nations shall be made known, yea, all things shall be made known unto the children of men. There is nothing which is secret, save it shall be revealed. There is no work of darkness, save it shall be made manifest in the light. And there is nothing which is sealed. In other words, worldly contracts shall be undone. Upon the earth, shall it, save it shall be loosed. John Taylor said, Man sleeps the sleep of death, but the spirit lives where the, where the record of his deeds is kept. Man sleeps for a time in the grave, and by and by he rises again from the dead and goes to judgment. And then the secret thoughts of all men are revealed before him, with, with whom we have to do. We cannot hide them. It would be in vain for 
for a man to say, I did not do so and so, the command would be, unravel and read the record which he has made of himself, and let it testify in relation to these things, and all could gaze upon it. Verse 18, Wherefore all things which have been revealed unto the children of men shall at that day be revealed, and Satan shall have power over the hearts of, men of, the, uh, over the, hearts of the children of men no more, for a long time, meaning a thousand years for the millennium. And now, my beloved brethren, I make an end of my sayings. So this is the end of Nephi's talk here. I bear testimony of the truth of these things and of the gospel, and uh, I'm grateful that we have the Book of Mormon to uh, teach us truth and to convince us of the truthfulness of the Bible, too, as far as that's translated correctly. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Hope you can subscribe and like this. Thanks. Bye.